Today in a special Locked On crossover event, if you listen closely, you might hear something. That's the sound of the Rockies missing out on John Gray's talents. You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rockies fans and Rangers fans. Welcome into a Locked On crossover event for your Friday, May 19th, ahead of a matchup between the Colorado Rockies and Texas Rangers. You can find all the action on the Sirius XM app and on Sirius Radio. Just search Rangers or Rockies there, and you're going to find the feed of your choice. Today's episode of this Locked On MLB podcast crossover is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Today on this wonderful podcast, I, Paul Holden, I'm going to talk with one of my favorite podcast hosts on the network, Bryce Patrick, about this Rangers Rocky series that, again, Rangers fans, every time I come on this podcast, I'm going to keep bringing them up because, boy, howdy, is this season a prime example of when the Rockies need John Gray. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, but I want to start more, Bryce, before we dive into that. What is working in Texas right now? Is this the plan paying off after spending the money last year? And uh, I can't remember how active they were this offseason, but is this just the plan working out? Yeah, it is an accelerated rebuild, like just extremely accelerated. They've spent a lot of money this season, not as much as last offseason, obviously bringing in the half billion dollar infield. It's it's going to be really easy to spend less than that. But they all they did is go and buy basically an entirely new rotation this offseason, except for John Gray. He's the only one who wasn't a free agent signing of their initial five starters. They brought in Jacob deGrom. They brought back Martin Perez. They brought in Andrew Heaney. And then after Christmas, everyone kind of stopped paying attention they brought in Nathan Eovaldi, who's quietly been one of the better starters in the American League this year. John Gray is having a really, really nice season. Had a kind of a rough stretch there over a, a few starts, but the last few have been absolutely exceptional, including eight shutout innings against Oakland. I know it's against the A's, but it was still really impressive. And the start before that, he went to Seattle, seven innings of one-run ball there with eight strikeouts. So this is the plan working. The offense is good. The starting pitching is good. The bullpen it's a touchy subject right now. It's it's a real touchy <laughs> subject. Um, but the hitting has just been incredibly deep, and they've been without without Corey Seager for over a month. They just got him back in the final game of the series against the Braves, which they lost. But Ezekiel Duran's been stepping up in his slot. Josh Young has been an exceptionally talented rookie, uh, blossoming, and Adolis Garcia is you know just crushing baseballs left, right, and center, including a multi-home run game against Spencer Strider. So long way to saying that most everything is working except for that bullpen right now. Well, and that's something that this team will probably address at the deadline, you'd imagine, especially considering that this is an AL West where the two favorites have scuffled out of the gate, I would say. Uh, the, the Astros will probably, you know, are going to Astro and, and have the depth there. The Mariners certainly have things to figure out. How are you feeling about the division so far here uh, as we're in the approaching the middle of May? Obviously very early, but for, for something like that, that matters. This division, uh, holding a division lead and building a lead over your rivals at this point of the season is important if you want to steal that division away from from the Astros. 
Yeah, and I went into the season having – I was optimistic about this team. I thought about maybe 85 wins because I trusted the offense. It was much better last year. People didn't realize because the starting pitching was so bad. Buying an entirely new rotation, it was risky because there's a lot of these guys with injury history, including DeGrom, who we are not going to see in this series. He is still on the IL. Nathan Eovaldi has a lot of career injuries. Uh, and you know Andrew Heaney and even John Gray as well. John Gray of those four is probably the most durable for the last few years. But – and I thought, okay, this is this is a team that can scrap, and I didn't really trust Seattle's offense to you know stay fine. They have an amazing pitching staff, an amazing bullpen, like just so many good young starting pitcher starting pitchers that the Rangers would kill to develop like one of those guys, <laughs> and they have not. Been I feel able it. To I do it. right. It's incredible. I, there's just these teams that are like, hey, it's pitching. We just have it figured out, and it's just again, it's like it's the same with the Astros, and like the Astros, I was. I was always like laughing the first couple of weeks. I was like, ah, the Astros are scuffling. I'm going to laugh and enjoy it while I can, but I don't trust it to hold up. And the Astros bats have gone cold too. I mean, it's basically just Jordan Alvarez and friends. And Kyle Tucker has been like fine. Jose Bray has been terrible to start the season. Alex Bregman has not been good. And they've lost one of their Tom- their their starting pitchers to Tommy John surgery. They lost another to shoulder injury. And they haven't seen any of Lance McCullers Jr. yet this year. And so it's like they've got insane pitching depth, but eventually – especially after letting you know Justin Verlander go, not that he would have been much help at this point this season with how little he's pitched. Eventually it gets to everybody. Like it, it, there is only so much that you can sustain. So the Rangers done a good job getting off to a good start out of the gates. They had an easier schedule in the first month. They took advantage of it. They beat the teams they needed to. They hung toe to toe with the Braves, ended up losing that series two, two games to one in a one run game in the finale where the bullpen blew another lead which is really frustrating, but still this team is really on the upswing and it's nice to actually believe in the direction of my team. Even if I was skeptical about how they, they went about that rebuild, doing it so quickly, it can be, uh, you know, fragile, but so far it is working very, very well. Believing in a direction, something I wish uh, I could say as well. There's some things that uh, appear to be working, and there's other things that are clear, glaring issues with the Rockies. And this is the Rockies are playing their best stretch of baseball this season uh, right now. Over the past three weeks, uh, they have uh, been winning multiple series uh, in a row. I believe they have won uh, like four or five, four of their last five series, uh, including and against pretty good teams. But this is a good Rangers team. And it's a road series for the Rockies. So this is going to be a big test to see if this rebound that the Rockies are going through right now is going to be sustainable because the injury list is long for the Colorado Rockies and their starting pitching depth has been completely exhausted at this point. And just hearing a John Gray, seven innings, eight strikeouts, music to my ears of exactly what the Rockies are looking for because the biggest thing of losing John Gray and Herman Marquez this year to Tommy John is the Rockies don't have someone who's going to come out there and just dominate you and strike you out right now, which is the big worry when you're going to go up against a good offense in their ballpark. I have a feeling that this, I mean, if the Rockies win this series, that's a statement about what this team certainly is capable of. But my worry level is pretty high about this series. And I, I would imagine the Rangers are still sitting there, the mindset of this is a team we need to handle business against. Yeah, absolutely. And the Astros in six of their next nine games are going to be against the A's and they are really on the upswing. I think they're on a four game winning streak and the Rangers still, still do have a two game lead over the Astros in division. But it's like, all right, you cannot afford to, you know, keep them at bay. Thankfully, Corey Seager came back. The Rangers needed that. But 
like one of the things that I liked about John Gray when we talked about it whenever they first signed him is the Rangers also didn't have a lot of whole lot of strikeout guys in their rotation. Martin Perez last year, not a big strikeout guy. That's fine. There wasn't a whole lot of guys doing much of anything well in the rotation last year outside of Martin and John Gray. But this year they really have prioritized guys who strike a lot of guys out and don't walk a lot of guys. And John Gray has, has done that for the most part. His strikeouts have been really down this year. He had a couple of, I think, four or five straight starts where he only had exactly two strikeouts in each of those. But they have Nathan Eovaldi, who's striking out one and a half, or who's only walking one and a half per nine, nine strikeouts per nine. Jacob deGrom, before he got hurt, 13.4 strikeouts per nine, 1.2 walks per nine. And Andrew Heaney, who's been a little bit more, more walk prone than they expected him, around four walks per nine, but 10 strikeouts per nine. This is a staff that can strike guys out. This is a guy, a staff that doesn't walk a whole lot, doesn't give up a whole lot of free bases, which is what you love to see out of your starting pitchers. And I'm hoping that John Gray can continue his solid run against the Rockies. And we're going to see Gray in this series. Is he what, we're, Saturday? We're... Saturday. Saturday, so I think that's that's the the starting pitching matchup that I'm most looking forward to. It's going to be uh, Freeland versus John Gray on Saturday. Ooh. That's going to be a good good matchup. That's a prime and two really drastically different styles. Freeland can get you five strikeouts. Freeland's got some stuff, but his deal is going to be you're going to hit it. But it's going to if you know it's going to be a great sign if Freeland can come in there and stifle that Rangers offense. It's going to feel really good for him. I want to circle back to the Jacob Degrom uh, tr- uh, signing and just. The DeGrom experience, because uh, I still think it's worthwhile, and I want to get your early thoughts on it. But before we talk about that, got to tell you about some of the great folks that help make this show possible, and that includes So Rare. If you are playing fantasy baseball and not doing it on So Rare, you are missing out on the revolutionary new way to play fantasy baseball. It takes all of your favorite elements, especially if you like card games and like card collecting, that feeling of opening a pack of cards and seeing just something pop that's really cool. So Rare brings that and the competitive nature of fantasy baseball into quite the experience. You can play in weekly game uh, events where you can win awesome rewards like So Rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed tickets, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars, and so much more. The more you win, the more you advance, and you can collect increasingly powerful cards and access next-level competition. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, as I just forced into an old habit there and put up the uh, my old lower third uh, <laughs> there. Uh, we're talking uh, ra- Rangers, Rockies, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. You can catch all the action between the Rockies and the Rangers on Sirius XM. Don't miss out. All you got to do is search Rangers, Rockies there in the app, and you can find the feed of your choice. Man, that's a really, uh, you mentioned an exciting pitching matchup there on Saturday. Kyle Freeland, John Gray, old Rockies buddies, old Rockies playoff rotation mates going head to head. But I want to ask about the big name signing for pitching, something Rockies fans could only dream of their team ever doing, landing the biggest free agent or one of, I should say. No, the biggest name in in free agents. I guess Verlander up there as well. But... 
tell me about the DeGrom experience. Obviously, you're seeing the injury, but you see the results. Do you do you care as long as he's healthy in October? Yeah, that's that's the whole point, which is is kind of wild that like the Rangers are at that point. But that's that's where I was at the signing. I mean, when the Rangers did it, I mean, I I was looking at because Rangers needed to sign like three, maybe four starting pitchers this offseason. That includes like coming back and getting Martin Perez back on the team because he was a free agent last year. Um, but I'm like, the Rangers need some top dog, some like top of your rotation ace guy. And it was basically between him and Carlos Rodon because they were just not going to get Verlander. Verlander was not going to go there. It was pretty clear that he was going to go to the Mets and the Mets made it pretty clear that they didn't want Jacob DeGrom, which still blows my freaking mind. Like, the Mets could really use everyone could use Jacob DeGrom because everyone knows yep. when he's on the hill, he is the best pitcher in baseball. And he's one of those guys who he has had injuries the last couple of seasons, but the durability before that, I thought, you know what? Like these concerns are getting really overblown. Carlos Rodon has been injured basically every season of his career, except for last year. Now he is not yet pitched and he has a chronic back injury and we don't know when we're going to see him justin verlander has made like what two three starts for the mets and mets fans were all like haha see look look what you did jacob de gonna be hurt forever and blah 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 and it's like i i don't care if he's hurt in the middle of the season the rangers need him for this upcoming june and july stretch which is going to be really brutal he was absolutely incredible when he was on the mound like just breathtaking stuff like literally every pitch is like this is a gift from above i have not seen a rangers pitcher ever throw this well and you know we got to see a lot of really great you darvish but like jacob de is just a singularly special talent and it's really all about the long term with him if you get you know 20 starts out of him per year 15 and you know half of those come early on in the season and half of those come um down the stretch run and then he's healthy for the playoffs then you're like fine fine because this rotation is strong enough to to be without him the guy who's been taking his spot in the rotation while he's been hurt is dane dunning he has a 169 era on the season three starts he's allowed i believe a combined two earned runs in those going five and six and six innings he's just been so incredibly good and he was one of the few decent starters last year he was relegated to a bullpen role and they also signed or they traded for jaco rizzi who's not pitched at all this season he had a shoulder injury they thought he was going to be kind of the six-ish man in the rotation which is why the evaldi signing kind of confused me because it's like okay they already got five pitchers you're already shoving dane dunning either into the bullpen or triple a so it's like do you really need him and you do because there is always risk with pitchers of injuries no matter who they are no matter their track record so just go sign a crap ton of them and hope that most of them will be healthy and for the most part that's kind of worked out so far and i really respect chris young and the front office's decision to go do that because i think that's a really smart move it costs a lot of money you can't do it every year but when you can do it by golly go do it yeah i mean and, and it's and it sets up control for a while too and again i i don't think it's outlandish to say I think baseball teams are going to embrace the NBA mindset or at least play pitchers are going to do a little more load management stuff. Like, hey, 
do you need to send DeGrom out against the A's in the middle of July? Like, unless you're in a stretch that you really need to? Like, it's 100 and whatever degrees, you know, or uh, and those things. They like, do have a roof, which is the only reason why they could why they could get right. any starting But, like, pitch. you know, I mean, they're just X, Y, Z. Like, is it really all that crazy to say, we're going to scratch, you know, DeGrom here? And he's just, I mean, maybe that messes up the rhythm. Maybe the, the flow of pitching and all sorts of that type of stuff. But... I don't think it's going to be all that crazy for these elite pitchers to start sitting there and saying, do I really need to, do I need to go start against the Rockies? Like, do I really need to go do this? Like, I mean, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if your philosophy is championships, because I mean, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's really not apples to oranges and it's not the same thing, but you look at the impact of say the Miami, the Miami heat having their big superstar, great player, healthy, in this moment, he's so crucial in that series. I feel like the Rangers would feel a heck of a lot better if they knew going into a three-game wildcard playoff or, uh, you know, two weeks down the stretch and it's division games down the line and, the you know, play either the wildcard or division series is on the line. You're going to feel a heck of a lot better knowing that you got DeGrom there to, to do that. And if that means skipping a couple middle-of-the-season starts, I don't think that's the end of the world. Yeah, it's it's a smart thing to do, and that's I mean that's something that the Rangers didn't really have when they were going on their deep runs. I mean, they did in 2015 and 16, which is why it's most confusing to me that that those were the, the, actually the the one year that they did have both Hugh Darvish and Cole Hamels both at their peak and healthy was the year that they were swept by the Blue Jays, which just perplexes me to all heck. Like, because those two guys were way better than anybody in the starting rotation for those 2010 and 2011 teams that ended up going to the World Series. They had probably the defense offense at all baseball and a, a pretty decent pen and like, okay, starting pitching around the board. But like if the Rangers who have a good offense, obviously a shaky bullpen, uh, go into a three game series with anybody in baseball and you throw Jacob Gram out there, number one, and then you throw Nathan Evaldi out there game two, like that's, a, that can go toe to toe with anybody. And you might even feel you have the advantage over anybody in both of those starts with those starting pitchers, then you have the top three year lineup in, you know, Marcus Simeon, who's been incredible this season. Um, you have, you know, Corey Seager, who's one of the best shortstops in baseball, and Nathaniel Lowe, who is really underrated. And then, oh, in your four slot, you have Adoles Garcia, who has 13 home runs on the season and an 861 OPS. Like, and you just look up and down that lineup and you think, why couldn't this team go on a deep run? And it's really all about keeping Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Evaldi healthy for the postseason and just keeping yourselves afloat until you get there, which is a really fun new experience for me covering, <laughs> covering this team that's been pretty bad since I started back in 2019. This is a, a fun new way of looking at a team. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's it, ask the Phillies. Get to the show and then see what happens it's the exact blueprint i mean winning division is great but as someone that could attest you know if the, when the rockies get back unless some sort of regression happens from the top but we'll see if the dodgers ever cease to be a machine of just greatness uh at least regular season greatness um the uh the Rockies have you know they, they, they're not going to have those similar types of opportunities and it's that's what's disappointing because it's the Rangers said, hey, we weren't very good and we're going to go spend some money. And then they're like, oh, oh, that's interesting. And then I remember talking to you last year and you pumped the brakes on everything. You said it's not there yet. There's still holes, but this is the foundation. So when you're the Rockies and you're sitting there and you see the Chris Bryant and you're like, oh, OK. And then what's next? It's not a 
change of who you are. You're not going and making crazy moves. You're not adding in, you know, enticing pitchers to come and play. That's the big difference. I think the Rangers, the the plan's working. We I actually just did a crossover with Locked On Reds, and they they you know a lot of trades, but the haul. I mean, that's a lot of you. It's a lot of players you have to unfortunately move on from, but it wasn't working. So you move on from those players and you get everything back. The Rockies aren't in that situation. So I'm kind of sitting, you know, the Rockies are playing good ball right now, but it's not great ball. It's not mm-hmm. wild card winning ball. It's not division winning ball. They kind of remind me of the 2019 Rangers because that team was really scrappy, got out of the gates really well, had a lot of guys that like. I mean, Joey Gallo was on MVP pace, and then he got hurt in the second half of the season. He made his first all-star team that year. Hunter Pence had a career year, like, at towards the end of his career and was fantastic. Danny Santana, out of nowhere, had, like, an 820 OPS playing center field every day. And it was like, wait, what is this? And then they also had the two best baseball reference pitching war seasons by starting pitchers in Rangers history that year. Both of them. <laughs> in uh, Lance Lynn and, uh, oh, who am I? Why can I not think of his name? Uh, Mike Miner. Yeah, both of those guys. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like, and they probably needed to tear it down then, and they didn't. And they luckily had finally have some young talent matriculate to the big league level in Josh Young and Ezekiel Duran. Made some smart trades along the way, getting Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, and Adolis Garcia for a combined uh, jerks and Profar and Elvis Andrews and uh, cash considerations for Adolis Garcia. They literally got spent like either two hundred fifty grand or five hundred grand to get him from the Cardinals. And uh, every once in a while, I'll quote tweet the the tweet of the Cardinals announcing that trade and just be like, "Hey, great trade, way to go, guys." <laughs> well, they uh, I don't want to quote tweet any tweets trade tweets from the Cardinals if oh, I'm being totally sorry. Wrong. That was a, that was a touchy <laughs> subject. I didn't <laughs> but, mean to go uh, there. You know, you mentioned uh, Rocky's legend Jerickson Profar, le- starting left fielder for the My Colorado boy, Rockies so right happy now. for him. Um, he's he's a fun player to watch. He's interesting. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about trades, and uh, I want to circle back on that because you keep saying bullpen, and the Rockies bullpen has actually been the thing. One interesting difference, though, I think uh, before we we move on to that was you mentioned the uh, you know the 2019 uh, uh, Rangers, but the Rockies didn't. Uh, get out of the gate hot at all they were actually terrible but they're playing better baseball now and so that kind of convolutes the question but this is kind of leads into my trade topic idea because this is a team that still needs to make a lot of moves at the deadline if they really want to bolster up what could be an interesting end of the season and seasons going forward so i'm going to ask about that here coming up in segment number three but before we do that i'm wearing them right now folks I got my bird dog shorts on right now, and they're perfect for a guy like me because I'm a shorts guy. I'm shorts all the time, 24-7. I wear them all the time. I'm lucky enough to be able to wear shorts to work because I it's I'm, I run hot, so I got to wear shorts. But people are like, hey, you got to stop wearing the sweatpants shorts out. That's not a good look. And I said, you know what? Okay, fine. Let me go check out these bird dogs, and they're a hit. A hit with the girlfriend, a hit with me. They got a nice elastic waistband that's good for a guy like me that's a little bit of a thicker dude. It kind of helps make things a little bit better. And one of my favorite secret features 
pockets with zippers they got oh, the zipper pockets. so good yeah and not only that they're double pockets right on top of each other so you got all the needs that you could get of a cargo pant in the stylistic nice short they're good for any activity you can uh, enjoy a, a nice leisurely business casual day on the golf course or maybe just walking around on the town you can check out birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and when you do you can enter promo code locked on mlb and you're gonna get a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler to go with every order it's summer it's shorts time get you a nice tumbler and great pair of shorts at birddogs.com slash locked on mlb thank you for making the locked on podcast network your first listen of the day free and streaming on every streaming service you can check out locked on rangers on youtube as well as locked on rockies when you hit that subscribe button that's one of the best ways to help out the show and i don't know about bryce i do my shows live sometimes so you can be part of the live chat if you ever want to come chat with rockies fans you can see when we go live and hang out with uh with some rockies fans and talk all about john gray did you like my wolf impersonation to start the show it's beautiful. Move. You guys myself. do the gray wolf thing too. Is that is that a no? Not not so much. Disappointing. I guess maybe Colorado. It's more. You know, maybe I guess. I don't know, wolves more, in Texas. That's got to be a thing. I I haven't really seen it. more more uh, coyotes than Coy- wolves. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was I gray wolf was a big thing. We were always doing that. So that was that was why I, I did the, the call there. <laughs> uh, we, I think this is going to be. I think we don't want to, need to do too much preview of the series because I think we we covered it. It's a good Rangers team that needs to take care of a bad Rockies team, and it's a Rockies team that says, "Hey, wants to say, hey, we're scrappier." We and a good a team that's actually been better on the road than than in the past. This is a Rockies team that hasn't been a pushover on the road, that's so we'll nice. see how this goes uh, for this Rockies team, and especially what's helped them on the road is the bullpen. I'm curious if the Rockies and Rangers might be in talks to move. There's Brent Suter, who's been great for the Rockies uh, after Biss being picked up there uh, when Milwaukee moved on from him. Uh, I wonder, I don't, I hope the Rockies don't move on from him, but maybe they might be interested in a Justin Lawrence, a guy that has what they call a sweeper and a really cool delivery. I don't think the Rockies move from Lawrence, but there's certainly op- uh, uh, options for the Rockies bullpen. And I'm curious, Bryce, if you've, uh, if you've done any looking at the depth chart of Rockies bullpen and say, hey, let's actually go trade for a Rockies pitcher. Honestly, yes. Yes, I have. When I was pulling up the baseball, I was like, let's see. Because I, I was doing this the other day after like the, the what feels like the millionth blown save by the Rangers bullpen. I'm like, all right, which one of these bad teams has a reliever that we can get now? Because I'm sick of this. Um, but the Rangers have a lot of depth in their farm system. I always get nervy about, you know, either signing bullpen arms or trading for them because those are the trades that can always make you look years later and feel like, oh, that was such a stupid trade. Like, you know, Jordan Alvarez, who was in the Dodgers system, who they traded for a mediocre Houston reliever. And uh, O'Neill Cruz, who was also in the Dodgers system, who they traded for a mediocre reliever for like a year. And look at both those guys now. It's like, oh, they can just give away those guys and still have so much talent. Just, like, get James Outman to come. And in a year, they didn't do anything in free agency. It's just like, oh, yeah, they they signed Noah Syndergaard, who kind of sucks now. And they're still going to probably win 100 games. Those stupid Dodgers. But, I mean, at some point, and it it sucks. It it pisses me off because the Raiders have been, you know, on the, you know, 
giving as opposed to receiving end of the trade scenarios the last few years. And it feels like every time the Rangers are not contenders, the market's like, mm, we're not going to give you guys that much for anything you have. And then when the Rangers are contenders, like, no, you're going to have to pay everything for this guy. It's like, what's the deal? Like, they right. traded you, Darvish, for basically a pot of nothing. I mean, Willie Calhoun had some good years there, and I think the Rangers might have screwed that up. But, like, he was, like, their third or fourth prospect at the time. And you, Darvish, was freaking incredible. And they need He's still him. good. He's still good. He's still good all these years later when they traded away Cole Hamels, who, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of value then, but they got literally nothing for him. Just a bunch of scrubs. And like it's just it's just so frustrating that like I, I don't know what it is. I think I think it's conspiracy against me specifically, um, <laughs> and the Texas Rangers to make the prices go up when they want to go you know, trade for guys as opposed to when they're not. The only exception is when they traded Joey Gallo, which I, I still, as as the most irrational Joey Galloist stan, will have always have a hard time saying the Rangers won that trade by trading him away. Ezekiel Duran has been freaking incredible. Josh Smith has been a very valuable player on the bench. And, um, you know, it's hard to look at what Joey Gallo did in New York and say that the Rangers didn't make didn't win that trade by a mile. Um, it would have won even more if he came back and signed a free agency this year. But you know, <laughs> I digress. No, I, I thought the Rockies. I, 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 I was hoping the Rockies were at least going to see because it sounded like a guy that might uh, enjoy I, playing. I thought he would go there, and I thought that he might actually like damage the stadium with the, <laughs> the hitting the right field bomb. all day. I would love. Like, I would have loved clear to see out that the right field stands. There's a danger to the fans and anybody in the yeah, stadium. He's playing everyone. That that's the that's the seats to get. Um, and it's. <laughs> I don't know. There's pieces for the Rockies to be excited for, but I'm curious if you if you had to target in the bullpen, who would you who would you be interested in? Would the Rockies be able to get a prospect of major league or close to major league ready uh, a starting pitcher, perhaps, which the Rockies yeah, desperately no, need? They're not, they're not going to get a starting pitcher because the the only guys that are really close there are. Um, well, I was going to say Kumar Rocker, but he just had Tommy John surgery this week. Jack Leiter is, is on the up. There's no way in heck they're trading Jack Leiter or Owen White, two of their top guys, for um, for a relief prospect. I, I, unless it's like Emmanuel Classe. And even then, they're still probably not doing that, which Emmanuel Classe, another guy who the Rangers had in their system. But uh, I digress. But yeah, I think if there's someone in this in this pen that I would like, I, I really like looking at, at Brent Suter. Um, Justin Lawrence is a guy who I, I would really like. He's got a lot of strikeouts per nine. The walks aren't, you know, too crazy bad. Um, and he's a right-hander. The Rangers have a lot of lefties in their pen. Um, their closer right now, Will Smith, pretty much the only guy in the pen that I trust at the moment is left-handed. So I think that Justin Lawrence could be, could be a guy they target, but the Rangers have a really deep system. There's a lot of guys. I don't think they would get a whole lot of the top end, like top five guys for any reliever, but I think they get a pretty healthy package of guys that are going to be solid major league contributors, help you round out that roster build that depth which is one of the reasons why the rangers are succeeding because that one through nine in the order is all solid and the bench depth is solid so i think the rangers could really give a lot of depth more so than the top end talent especially for the relief market because they've got a really really deep farm system full of guys who might not be the biggest impact talents but can definitely help any big league ball club 
Rockies need help for sure when it comes to depth at pitching. And if they can trade some of this pitching to get some pitching to help them in the in the long run, I think that's going to be the move. I hope the Rockies do make some moves at the trade deadline and go young in the second half of the season. Uh, the opposite, because it sounds like I bet you the Rangers are going to be buyers and trying to uh, uh, make some noise here if they continue to hang at the top of the division. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rangers and Locked on Rockies. You're going to see all sorts of Rangers and Rockies baseball this weekend. You can hear it all on the SiriusXM app and on SiriusXM radio. You can just search Rockies Rangers and you can select the feed of your choice. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. Bryce, where should they go to stay up to date with this exciting Rangers team? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers or subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. What about the fine folks listening to Locked on Rangers? They want to listen to some of, of your Rockies gold and, and check in on these these high mountain mountainous teams. If you want to hear someone ramble about the Rockies, you can find us at LO Rockies on Twitter at Paul Holden 33. If you also want a little bit of uh, video games and Mario baseball hot takes in there as well. But folks, thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Again, free and streaming on your favorite streaming service weekend full of great baseball. Can't wait for that Saturday game. That's the game of the weekend. Freeland and gray matching up. I'm going to say, Rockies fall in this series, but steal a game, steal the opener of this one here. Uh, Bryce, your brief, hot take, bold prediction to close the show. Uh, I am going with a sweep. The Rangers need it desperately. I think it's going to be some hard-fought games, and that Saturday game is going to be absolutely electric, and I cannot wait for it. Enjoy the baseball this weekend, and we'll catch you next time on the Locked On Podcast Network.